We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in the second half of Sports Talk here on our Wednesday edition, Hump Day edition. Sports Talk, Steve Geller along with Bobby Bear, also Cullen Steele running master control. Uh, don't know if you guys got into it too much in the first two hours. The Saints' first injury report uh, came out, obviously, today. Uh, found out that uh, one, two, three, four, six Saints did not practice today. Uh, that included Colin Saunders, Landon Young, Nephi Sewell, Alvin Kamara, Lonnie Johnson, and also Jawan Johnson. Meanwhile, Limited, Kendra Miller, Jimmy Graham, Eric McCoy, Chris Olave, and Peyton Turner. Uh, obviously, Bobby, the big one, we're going to have to wait and see what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara and his ankle issue going into this matchup. Well, uh, you know, it's a bunch of BS, even bigger than that. Uh, where in the hell is um, I, I, I thought they would have came back this season. What about Lattimore and Michael Thomas? Yeah, Coach talked about him a little what? bit today, I right? Mean, uh, uh, come on. Okay, I'm not saying you didn't get hurt, but you, uh, I'm not I'm not even accusing him of milking it, <laughs> whatever. But it's like, man, did they, did they already give up on the season? No, I know a lot of more high ankle sprain. That's like a broke uh, ankle, uh, you know, but uh, – when did Lattimore get hurt? Isn't it like, you know, it's a four- to six-week thing? I mean, uh, shouldn't Lattimore, but he's afraid to put bad film out there? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, you don't want to guard Drake London? <laughs> no, but, I mean, what, what, that, that to me is very discouraging. No, it's definitely uh, – we thought we would see them definitely before the end of the season. Yes. That's not going to well, be the case. I thought maybe at least the last two They're games. They're saving themselves for the postseason. Uh, the last <laughs> two games or, uh, you know, at Tampa or Atlanta and – now, I guess the Huda Nation, we kind of expect this from Michael Thomas. But I'm a little disappointed uh, with Lattimore. Uh, but is, does he have to be like 100% or he don't want to be out there? I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I will say, man, he was dealing with that injury, uh, you know, last year with the uh, – the, the core ch- injury? like, that, the, 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 like What was it, a, a ruptured spleen or something? I don't know. No, I don't think ruptured spleen. It might have been um, – it's a core issue, like not a hernia. When I know he got hurt in the Seattle game, falling into the end zone. Yeah, I, I don't. Someone, someone. But he was this. able to obviously to come back, and when he did, he boom, had a pick six, a pick six in that oh, game so against I, the I, Eagles. How about uh, Lattimore to come back against Atlanta and have a pick six, help us win? It would be nice, I mean, but that does not appear to be the case for either Lattimore or Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. And who knows if uh, Lattimore restructured his deal with the team today uh, with. Uh, Michael Thomas, though, we know he's going to be a free agent heading into next year. Is he going to want to come back and, and try and do things in black and gold, or is he going to you know, check out his services somewhere else? No, he'll probably, uh, I think, not necessarily good riddance, but uh, I think Michael Thomas um, is ready for a scenery change. I think on, on, both, on both the Saints' behalf and Michael Thomas' behalf. That's what I think. Uh, now, 
think about significant players, household names that, um, and you know, when you're fighting. Okay, so Michael Thomas, Lattimore, and then Kamara. See, uh, Kamara's tough. Uh, and Kamara has a look. I can kind of see he was a little gimpy and what happened in that second half against Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, but uh, Kamara, if he could play, to me, he plays. And uh, he, he, to me, he's more a warrior uh, than Michael Thomas or Lattimore. I'm not saying really? uh, who, see, who's tougher than who. See, Lattimore, I feel like, is always fought to, to play. Um, Thomas, I'm not, I'm not, I won't say that, go that far with him. But I know he's had a, a deal with, you know, botched surgeries and all kinds of injuries. Well, okay, but the thing with Lattimore, when he's hurt, uh, it's like uh, you might think, well, that took longer than it should have. And, you know, a lot of more he don't really communicate uh, with, with, the, with the public. I mean, he's that good. I think Lattimore's more, you know, and who's really 100% healthy in the back end of the sure. season? Nobody. But Lattimore don't want to put bad film out there. He don't want to have a game, whatever, and his worst game, and it's only one game. Uh, but he wouldn't want on the back end of the season. We always remember what's, uh, what have you done for me lately at the latter part. He wouldn't want to put a game out there. What happened in London, England? You remember with uh, Justin Jefferson? Right. That was the only time I really saw Lattimore get smoked. Uh, where I, I want to say at the top of my head, didn't he, uh, Justin Jefferson catch about 168 yards on that? And we all know about Mike Evans, even though Mike Evans has been Mr. Consistent. You know, for a decade, right? Always having a thousand yards, uh, look at touchdowns and all that. Well, you know what, Bobby, you're talking about Lattimore, also Michael Thomas. Head coach Dennis Allen did address that today in the conference call with the media. Let's hear what coach had to say, also about the matchup heading into Atlanta on Sunday. When you look back at, at the first Atlanta game, what was kind of missing in terms of the physicality that you guys played with uh, on Sunday? What were kind of the biggest differences? Oh uh, well, look, I mean. I- they, they do a good job of, of running the football. I mean, that's what they want to do. That's the way their team is built. Um, they do a really good job of blocking up front. Um, you know, there's probably some fundamental stuff and some technique stuff that we needed to work on and, and get better at um, in terms of being able to stop the run against them. So I'm not willing to say it was a lack of physicality. I'm, I'm more looking at uh, technique and fundamentals on how we have to play this run scheme. Hey, Dennis, uh, when Lattimore and Thomas first got hurt, uh, you, you thought that it, it probably wasn't season-ending. Um, at what point in their rehab processes did that thought kind of start to change? Yeah, um, look, I think, you know, as we got through about the first three or four weeks, you know, we weren't quite making as much progress as we thought. Um, I think both of those guys are, are, are getting closer. Obviously, there's no – you know, there's no crystal ball to know exactly how long an injury is going to take. We've got a, a ballpark figure of, hey, look, these injuries, very similar to ones that we've seen in the past. This is typically the length of time that it takes to uh, recover from that. Um, and so it just had, hadn't quite happened quite as fast as, as us or, or, or those players would have liked. Do you have an update specifically, DA, on Michael Thomas, where, where he's at? No, I don't really have an update. I mean, look, he's he's progressing through the, the rehab process. Um, you know, he's getting better, um, but he's not he's not ready to go yet. Looking back at, uh, at some of the things that Atlanta's done last couple of years, I think they've got three straight 200-yard rushing games against y'all. So what is it they do, they've done specifically well against y'all, and, like, how, how do you try to turn that around? 
Yeah, look, I, I, again, I, I think they I think they do a really good job in the running game. Um, I think they block it up well. I think they scheme it up well. Their backs run hard. Um, they've got, you know, different variety of backs that, that kind of bring a different element. You know, obviously, Bijan's new to the uh, – to to the team this year and and so there's a different element with that with that runner um and, and so and I think they're committed to it you know I think most of those games they they you know were able to run the ball probably you know 30 to 40 times in the game and 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 when you have a good running team and they're able to you know run the ball 30 or 40 times it it you know it's it's a challenge um they do a really good job and so we're going to have to you know, come out and play well, and, and we're going to have to do a better job, you know, of, of stopping the run. Uh, and, and more consistently, um, I think it was the, the second game last year, you know, they, they broke the one run on, on a short yardage play that ended up being a, you know, a long explosive run. Uh, and that was the one run that kind of put all the stats kind of, you know, out of whack just a little bit. But, um, we understand what type of game it's going to be. We know the type of team they are. We know what they want to do, and uh, and, and we know how they want the game to be played. And Da, how, how do you handle the the, the game on um, Sunday? I know you, you'll hate this as a head coach, but I mean, do you all even scoreboard watch at all? Or, you know, do you want them to care about the other game? Or what, what well, are your on here here's what I would say to you, Jeff, is that none of those other things matter if we don't take care of business against Atlanta. And and so I think you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. I think you got to focus on um, doing everything that we have to do to be able to win this game against Atlanta. And then the things that we don't control, then, you know, that's in somebody else's hands. But what we do control is how we go out and play against Atlanta. And, and so I think that's really where our focus needs to be. And so I would say, no, there's, there's not a lot of scoreboard watching going on. Uh, because we got enough to, to worry about in terms of dealing with, you know, Atlanta and what they're doing. Saints head coach Dennis Allen talking today to the media as the black and gold get ready for Sunday's noon kickoff Caesar Superdome regular season finale, of course, against who those hated dirty birds. Well, uh, that's one thing. I remember saying this, uh, that I think the Saints, uh, I think we'd have it figured out by now, right? And Atlanta's thinking, oh, we're going to keep running till they stop us. You're right. So uh, please don't let us say uh, we're doing the post game Sunday afternoon. Damn it. Uh, 225 uh, the, 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 yards. Yeah, the Falcons have now run four straight games over 200 yards against us because they have three straight. So if it ain't uh, broken, uh, you know, it, it, why are you trying to fix it if right. it ain't broke? Totally. Uh, so uh, listen, whether you converting sustained drives. Uh, but again, uh, with Atlanta, uh, you know, over and under, how many rushing attempts? <laughs> I'd say for sure 30 plus, if not uh, maybe 40 to right. help out their quarterbacks. Who's but, hurting, uh, too? I know that uh, Heineke's dealing with an injury right now. His ankle. Uh, right. Yeah, he got a bum ankle. Uh, but yeah, with Desmond Ritter, but <laughs> I mean, he, he could be up and down. Uh, but I, I know what we can't let him run against us. Uh, and they got two studs, Bijan Robinson. Sure. If you look at uh, at Algier and Cordero Patterson, ain't bad either. Yeah, yeah. So that that three headed uh, monster there. But um, when you look at Algier, I think he might be probably the most Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I don't get no respect out of all the NFL running backs 
Even on his own team, probably, uh, right? Who's a flat-out stud. Yeah, he was outstanding last year for Atlanta, and they still drafted B. John Robinson. <laughs> right. But he didn't pout. He didn't pout. He, right now, is still excelling at a high level. Uh, you know, just look last week against the Bears. It's snowing. Uh, nothing's happening good for them. He caught a 75-yard pass and took it to the house uh, in the inclement weather and the snow and all that. Right. So, uh, if you look at it um, – what the last road meeting on twelve eighteen, of twenty two, he rushed for two hundred, two hundred, one hundred thirty nine yards and a touchdown. So uh, he's been Mister Consistent, and you look at Bijan Robinson. I think he's lived up to his billing where he's been drafted. Now how they utilize him, get his hands on the ball, and maybe he's been a little inconsistent uh, game in and game out. But last week he had seventy five yards rushing. Uh, he leads all rookies right now in rushing yards right under 1,000. He ranks second in scrimmage yards in the NFL, uh, 1,332. So, uh, and you look in that Week 12 meeting, um, Steve, that we had against Atlanta, he had 123 scrimmage yards, 91 rushing, 32 receiving. So, again, um, you know what Atlanta's going to do. Right. Now, I know they got Drake London and they got weapons, uh, you know, on the outside, but. I know if you don't, we'll be really discouraged if they don't stop the run uh, come 12 noon on Sunday. Because if they've done it three straight games over 200 yards, I think they're going to try and make it four straight. Going to switch some gears, talk some Pelicans when we get back from the break. Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast joins us to previews tonight, 7 p.m. tip-off at Mayhem, Minnesota. Always a problem, those T-Wolves. Be right back after this on WWL. We got a half, about a half hour till game time, tip-off in the minister call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Timberwolves matchup for the Pelicans. We're now happy to be joined by the Locked On Pelicans host, Jake Madison, to preview tonight's showdown. How you been, Jake? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on to talk some hoops. Yes, indeed. And I don't know if I'm being too much of a homer here. I'm just looking back at last game. There's some pretty ridiculous non-calls going on for Zion Williamson, I feel like. What's going on there? 
Yeah, you know, he hasn't been officiated as well as you would like. And look, there's there's a couple things you just kind of have to accept in the NBA. You know, one of them is guards and big men are officiated differently, right? You can put light contact on a guard. They're going to draw the foul. They're going to go to the line. When it comes to big men, not just Zion Williamson, but really any of them, they're allowed a lot more, you know, just contact, I guess, to have out there. The game can be much more physical. That said, Zion still doesn't really seem to get calls that he should be, right? Go back to the first Memphis game they played. Zion didn't really get to the line, and then you saw Jaron Jackson Jr. go to the line 17 times, I think, in that game. It's a little shocking when you see some of the free-throw disparities between him and some of the other elite big men in the league, given so much of his shot attempts are at the rim, basically all of them. I think part of the reason for this is a spacing issue, actually. You know, when there's four guys around the rim kind of walling Zion Williamson off, you know, it's tough for officials just to see if there's contact. They just kind of assume, I think, that he's just going into a lot of bodies. He's not going to score. There's no foul because there's too many, you know, arms and legs in the way. Putting more three-point shooting, spacing the court out a little bit, I guarantee you if they start to do that, which they've been doing well, you're going to see Zion get to the line more. Now, uh, Jake, uh, what is your take on the dominant win uh, they had against the Nets? Uh, anytime you win 112 to 85 at the Smoothie King Center, that was uh, what, 85 points were the fewest by the Pels' uh, uh, opponent uh, this season. They now 20 and 14 have won three consecutive games, and uh, you look uh, the homestand. Uh, you know they're still able to finish the five-game homestand at, at three and two. Do you do, do you view that as a success or? How do you break that down, uh, what happened in December? Because we were very successful last year, very similar uh, winning percentage. You know, wins and losses in December. All I know is last year, uh, now Zion got hurt. We only won three games in January. So I'm kind of intrigued what's going to happen there. And now that we are in January. and But, but was that a success uh, five-game homestand in your uh, estimation? Yeah, overall, I would say so. Certainly, you would have liked to have picked up, you know, the game against the Memphis Grizzlies that went to overtime, and they played well enough to more or less win that game, minus a couple of mistakes down the end. But when you look at this team, right, they're eight and four since that forty-four point loss to the Los Angeles Lakers in the in-season tournament. They're playing very good basketball right now. And when you look at that dominant win over the Brooklyn Nets just last night, you know they did it wire to wire, and the first quarter really set the tone for what they were trying to do. You know, we've talked a lot about that this team needs more three-point shooting. It spaces the court for Zion Williamson, makes it easier for him to score at the rim, gives more space for uh, Brandon Ingram, even in the mid-range. And they did a lot of that in that game. They made six three-pointers in that first quarter. The first play of the game was Zion Williamson driving into the paint, realizing the rim was walled off, turning around and kicking it out to Brandon Ingram for an open three. Zion's next assist was him getting into the paint, getting a paint touch in a post-up situation. The defense collapsed on him. He kicked it out to C.J. McCollum, who was wide open for an open three-point look, who made it. You saw C.J. McCollum assisting Brandon Ingram through off-ball movement, so on and so forth. And then things just really fell into place for this team. So when they get that three-point shot falling, they're really tough to beat. But one thing they also did well in that game, and all of this they can do against teams better than the Brooklyn Nets, who are not great right now as evidence by that game one of the things i thought they did really well was get out in the fast break and run in transition they had 19 fast break points in last night's game the brooklyn nets only turned the ball over 12 times it really wasn't a lot it was really new orleans forcing a miss with very good defense then securing the defensive rebound and then getting out and going and that's a way to generate easy points too offense has been the biggest issue for the pelicans this season but if your three-point shot is falling if you're getting easy transition opportunities which are some of the most 
most efficient in the league in terms of points per play. That's how you overcome any sort of half-court issues you have, and the Pelicans did that, and they can do that again tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, uh, Jake, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, Do you have a magic number? I'm sure you do, how you break it down. Uh, Because if they're able to do this, say, hell yeah, they could beat the T-Wolves. I'm just looking, and Sunday's win over the Lakers, they converted 17 uh, three-pointers. Uh, and then uh, you look at it, and, and basically uh, uh, two days ago, then, and then I look at the Nets uh, after that, uh, they made 16. So do you have a number? Or was it like, okay, if we can, uh, if we can average 14 uh, threes? Or I know what you attempt and all that makes a difference. But, but what's your take on that uh, when you break it down as far as uh, attempts and makes as far as that you, you like in being that wheelhouse? Yeah, I, I don't have a, like a number to put on because I think if you were to pick a specific number, it's kind of arbitrary, right? Because, and this is why I don't love doing like keys to a game or something like that either, right? There's so many different ways to win a basketball game that I can come out and give you three keys to the game and they could win that game without doing any, any of those things. So okay. I don't think there's an arbitrary number, but I think when you look at it, you know, the amount of attempts is important. They've been taking right around like 31 attempts per game. That's clearly not enough. You know, when you look at Zion Williamson's numbers this year, they look down compared to previous seasons, and he's taken a lot of heat for this. However, I think he's played pretty well, and it's about how teams are defending him, which is by just basically walling off the rim. You're seeing three, four guys whenever he attacks the basket. You're just simply not going to be able to score over that no matter how good you are. The only way to kind of break that defense is by kicking the ball out and then having these players convert three-point attempts to draw defenders out over time. It won't happen right away. So they need to be taking three-point attempts, and they need players in the starting lineup particularly to take three-point attempts, right? Zion Williamson is not a three-point shooter. Neither is Jonas Valanciunas. Herb Jones can take threes, but I wouldn't call him a shooter or a threat, really, if you're a defender. That leaves Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum as the shooters out there. One of the things they've wanted Brandon Ingram to work on this season is taking more three-point attempts. You know, we've seen him now in that win over the Lakers. I think he was four of seven from three. Last night, I think he was two of two, but those two were early on. When he starts taking those threes, it just bends the defense in a way that doesn't happen otherwise with CJ McCollum out there too. It gives enough three point shooting to just kind of open the doors for Zion Williamson to get going. So even when you look at a game like tonight, you've got to kind of play inside out. I think get Zion into the paint. And when he realizes he can't score at the rib, kick it out and BI needs to be ready to take that three point shot, right? Trey Murphy's not playing in this game, but you want him out there with Zion to give an outlet so that when teams wall off the rim, you have guys that make the the opponent pay for doing that. And over time, That'll space the court for Zion. So it's not so much like a specific make number or an attempt number of you just need to kind of do it in the flow of the offense based on what the defense is doing. And once they start not walling off the rim and actually guarding players on the perimeter, start pounding the ball inside again. So I think you've got to kind of go with the flow and figure out what the defense is doing and what the best course of attack to kind of break that defense is going to be. And uh, Jake, you talk about pounding it inside, and uh, would you would this be a fair assessment uh, when you look at the T, uh, the T Wolves and how they're structured when they brought uh, Gobert on board that they weren't the, mo- the most uh, height wise uh, lengthy teams if that's the right uh, terminology. So how do we match up? You think against the T Wolves? Uh, uh, educate the fans and me on that because. Uh, I'm kind of thinking that that's not necessarily good for us. So how do you break that down, how they're structured and how they build their team 
uh, and with that trade with Gobert? Because at first people were against it, but it seems like how they want to play, it's working out. Yeah, last year it wasn't so great for them, but this year Rudy Gobert has looked like the three-time defensive player of the year that he is. They have one of the best defenses, if not the best. I haven't looked at the numbers today with it, but they've had a top three defense all year, particularly on the inside, limiting points in the paint. You know, with an elite defense like that and then a go-to score in Anthony Edwards and a complimentary second piece in Carl Anthony Towns, there's a reason they've been atop the Western Conference for over 40 days. They are a legit title contender with how they played and how they've looked that said Zion Williamson loves this matchup right last year he scored 40 against them a couple weeks ago he did well in the Smoothie King centers they took on that team he does well against a guy like Rudy Gobert who really doesn't have an answer for the athleticism and the strength of Zion Williamson so I think this is a game where they need to try and play inside out you know get the ball to Zion let him attack Rudy Gobert and if you can get Rudy Gobert in foul trouble which happened before and it also happened to Carl Anthony Towns just a week or two ago this really opens things up for Zion to take over the game and once you do that you know Towns is off the court because he's in foul trouble Gobert is off the court in foul trouble that takes some of their offense away from them too so really get the ball inside early and often and see if you can pick up a couple of easy fouls same for Jonas Valanciunas he's kind of the forgotten man on this team a lot of the time but he's a big body that can bang down low against a Rudy Gobert he's not scared to kind of play that physical style that the Minnesota Timberwolves Timberwolves want to do and the second you get Gobert out of there the second you get Towns out of there this team becomes very very beatable so I think you're you should see a steady dose of Zion driving and attacking Jonas Valanciunas in post-up situations and once the Timberwolves get in a little bit of foul trouble and really start to kind of focus in on those two guys that's when you'll see Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum come alive that's when B.I. is going to be able to take all the mid-rangers he wants that shot that he loves those will start falling CJ's been working really well off ball kind of being a complimentary player and I think that's why you've seen New Orleans play the Timberwolves well so uh play them so well so far this season yeah uh Jake uh, you know that's why I brought up uh the T was from a defensive perspective uh but this caught my attention now, I know it was the Nets uh but looking the third time this season the Pels have held an opponent to fewer than 100 points and they're three and zero in those contests I mean is that something that's realistic I know they probably uh preach it uh, now, uh, that's unrealistic, whole opponent to 85 points. Uh, like I said, that was the fewest allowed by a Pelicans opponent this season. But is that something that you think, if we, let's say we're holding an opponent, uh, the 98 or 97, whatever, uh, the, I, I kind of like our chances a lot if we're able to do that. Now, I know a small sample size, we 3 and 0, we hold a team under 100 points. But is that realistic? Like, let's say you're holding. Or, or team defense like 97, 98 points to your opponent? You know, I don't know how realistic it's going to be able to be like on, on the regular for the Pelicans. You know, offense is up around the NBA right yeah. now. When you just look at like how skilled these players are and how much of an advantage offensive players have over defense, you know, it's, it's tough to do. So when you get a win like you did against the Brooklyn Nets, that's something you should be very proud of because even bad teams can score a lot of points in the NBA right now. And there's kind of a saying around it being just – Good offense is going to be good defense. This is why you've seen me and a lot of others complaining about the Pelicans' offense and them being maybe a little bit too defensive-focused. Part of that is their defense has been good all year. The Pelicans have ranked right around sixth sixth best in terms of defensive rating all season long. With whoever's out there on the court, they're doing a very good job. And I think all you're really looking to do is just limit 
the opponent, whether that's under 100 or over 100, that's okay. But finding the right balance of a defensive lineup and an offensive lineup and which combination of players allow you to do that, get enough defense and enough scoring. Look, you just got to have score guys. And with Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, and some of the others here, the Pelicans really are going to be in position to do that. So even just having like a middle-of-the-road defense but an elite offense, you're going to win far more games than not. So I don't know if it's so much a specific number of holding them under 100 points. I just look at it as, hey, let your offensive guys go and do their thing and just make sure you have the right guys on the court that aren't giving up points every single time down the court. The Pelicans haven't been doing that. That's why they're winning their games right now. Always great information. Make sure you're checking out Jake's work at the Locked on Pelicans podcast. Thank you again, my man. Of course. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Jake. For all things Pelicans, subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast on the Odyssey app. That's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to take a break. Want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Who that's? 504-260-1870. Get ready to sound off here on Sports Talk after the break on WWL. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Getting ready for 7 o'clock, the Matt McMahon Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Coming on WWL, LSU's basketball coach. Uh, first episode of the season. Right now, I want to get into our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Got Charlie in Lafayette. What you got for us tonight, Charlie? Hey, Bobby. Hey, Charlie, what you How got? You doing? All right, Charlie. Bobby, I, I, I've got an issue, uh, you know, not with you, but i got to <laughs> get your take on this. The Cowgirls have backed themselves into the second seed because the Eagles couldn't beat the Cardinals and beat other teams. I think that the, the Cowgirls get get an ex, get two extra home playoff games, right. but I think they'll get smashed by the 49ers if they get that far. Yeah, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, listen, uh, the Cowgirls are good, but you know what's going to happen, Charlie? I'm telling you, they're going to go so far, uh, but not far enough. And what I mean by that, okay, now listen. Right now, where the Saints are in our expectations, is it like, obviously, you want to win your division. We would be ecstatic right now. I think if you're a Buccaneers fan, if you're a, 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 a Atlanta fan or a Saints fan, well, you went to the postseason, it kind of like uh, – You win the division, you're hosting the game? Yes, and, and all of a sudden uh, – now, I think it's important for Dennis Allen that if you get to nine wins, there's two more than the Saints won last year. When you look what Dallas is at and Jerry Jones, considering well over now a quarter of a century, I'm, I'm telling you. Just making it ain't good enough for them, right? Uh, and, I, and I didn't make it to no NFC championship or make it to the Super Bowl. Charlie, they got to win because Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl before he passes and he goes by the by and by, passes on. Because I'm telling you, right now where Dallas is at and expectations, they can't just go to the Super Bowl. They got to win it. Now, Lombardi can, or bust for sure. Uh, I agree. Can Dallas handle that pressure? I don't think they can. I think now, I think Dallas is good. I think the Cowgirls are good. Sure. But, um, I mean, w- would you trust Dallas? Now, it's one game at San Francisco versus the 49ers. Okay, now think in theory if this had to happen. 
Do you think Dallas could be back-to-back? You'd have to win, let's say, uh, this would go according to what we think. Yeah. Win at San Francisco, and then you'd have to beat the Ravens in Vegas. Okay, now look how the Ravens. I just gave you when we did that. Uh, what we call that, Steve? When we triple gave, option. Triple option. I, saw, I just said how the Ra- Ravens. <laughs> how uh, we all thought the 49ers were the best. The Ravens said not so fast. Oh, the Dolphins can hang Put with the Ravens. Not Oof. so fast. So it would be like so they would. The Cowgirls truly would be champions if that would occur. If you could beat the 49ers on the road and beat the Ravens like that kind of game in you Las tip Vegas, your cap to the oh, Cowgirls. Then you have to right. Uh, you'd have to acknowledge that. But I don't think that's going to happen. Gonna <laughs> you got a huge grin uh-huh. right there. They're going to let down their fans, and they're going to be like, so close, but so, so far. far. <laughs> no, it won't be. Now, Charlie, I can tell you this. If somehow I think we'd be maybe more the Eagles considering uh, how the postseason might come about. But but I even said this. I think this year uh, with the Cowgirl fans with Dallas, that if the Saints would play them in the postseason – and you could beat Dallas right now. It's like a mini Super Bowl for you. Oh, uh, I wouldn't You'd be doing care. the stanky leg I, after I, that I, game. I, I wouldn't even care if we <laughs> lost to the 49ers or the Eagles, whatever. You just win that game. Uh, the Dallas fans always said they'd be jumping off the bridge. Man, we lost to the Saints. How, how can that happen? The sorry Saints. Yeah, yeah, how can that happen? No, no, Charlie. So, uh, listen, the Cowgirls are very good. Uh, they look like maybe uh, the fix is on uh, with the officials. What happened with the Lions? Terrible. Uh, it, it, just how it transpired and how it played out. Uh, but uh, I got to give uh, that Dallas credit. Uh, but uh, you know, it's another team that um, then you don't want. You know who could beat uh, the Cowgirls? The Rams, of uh, that type team. And then the, the fans would be all crying. How are we going to make the Super Bowl? We couldn't even beat the Rams and stuff. So. Uh, but, listen, they got a good team. Uh, the Cowgirls are, are good. Uh, they're amongst the best. But uh, they're not the best. I, I, I think you're not being objective. If you say right now Dallas is better than the 49ers and the Ravens, you're like, what? <laughs> Come on, they, they played the 49ers. They got waxed. And now, look at the number of losses they've had, but how you end the season – on a high note, look, the schedule's favorable. Look, look who they playing, the Commanders? Right. I mean, come on. But uh, I'm telling you, unless Dallas wins at all, it's not a successful season. What you got, Cullen? I wanted to piggyback off that. Okay, so if they don't win at all, I kind of went into this season with the same mentality. Like, people my age definitely are on that, like, Super Bowl or bust kind of mentality. You're talking about for the Saints? For the, for the Cowboys. Oh, for the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if the Sa- you're, you're confusing me now. <laughs> if the Cowboys, if Dak were to win the MVP, though, I feel like it would have, like, tempered expectations. It would have brought everything down a little bit, and they would have, uh, you would have been able to settle for, like, in a Super Bowl appearance or, like, an NFC Championship appearance. But, I mean, the ship's long gone, but I, next year, maybe? Who knows? Well, well like maybe, uh, maybe oh, that's yeah. in the cards okay, now. Yeah, 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 wait till next year. They've been saying wait till <laughs> ne- next year since 1996. This is our year. Hey, hey, hey Cullen, I, I, I was still playing. <laughs> the last, last time Dallas won a Super Bowl, I mean, I was still playing. I know, but when's the last time someone when's the last time someone was like very much in that conversation for the MVP for the Cowboys? But yeah, but that MVP, uh, that, that okay, that's supposed to be a millennial thing or young people thing. Uh, that, that, deep down, if you're a team fan, nobody gives a crap about no MVP. Look, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson don't even care about the MVP. He won MVP or uh, whatever, and then they choked in the playoffs. 
Remember when they lost to the Titans? It might be good for some more advertisements, but yeah, you want that Lombardi. No, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson said, man, I ain't even. <laughs> and, and look, who, who's a better front runner than him right now? He's like, man, I'm worried about winning the Super Bowl. Stepping away, closing it out right here on Sports Talk right after this on WWL. Closing out Sports Talk. I see the Cajun Cannon wants to check our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Something standing out for you. Yeah, this is from Pat0732. Uh, Cannon, uh, we're in Saints fan purgatory, not bad enough to draft a difference maker, but not good enough to make a playoff run if we do get in. We're just an average team. Uh, we're not too good, we're not too bad. Uh, why can't we ever compete with the 49ers and the Ravens? Don't all teams go by the same rules? Yes, all teams go by the same rules, Pat, but all teams don't have the same players. And all I know is when the Ravens came to town here on Monday night, if you watch that game, now this was even 2022. Right. I was like, we didn't like the JV, didn't like the varsity. They looked like they had better players, especially just in the trenches. And don't the 49ers, the 49ers exactly. ha- have an all-star team that plays together. So, Pat, I just think, no, uh, why can't we compete and be like the 49ers and Ravens? they just better than us. They got better players. And we've seen the Saints squad obviously invest first-round picks, offensive line, defensive line. Like you mentioned, the trenches. Sadly, well, a lot of those players haven't worked out. Well, you look at the consistency of John Harbaugh, not Jim, but John Harbaugh coaching the Ravens. They're always relevant. And then Shanahan, uh, the offensive guru that he is, the 49ers. So uh, they very seldom get out coach. And then they have the players to back up with their coaches, uh, put them in position to win. Cajun Cannon coming up 7 o'clock, the Matt McMahon Show right here on WWL and the free Odyssey app. Uh, talk to you Sunday afternoon for Saints-Falcons. Take it away, Cajun Cannon. All right. Bon nuit, les Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.